Ninja. Hi, and welcome to Geography Ninja. So I'm going to take a trip back in time, first of all, to 1995, uh, because that was the year that I visited Southern Africa for a university field trip. And it just happened to be the year after the end of apartheid. So there are lots of changes going on, particularly in the first destination on the trip, which was South Africa and the city of Johannesburg. So I remember at the time, um, many of my fellow students feeling really anxious about Johannesburg because it had a reputation as the murder capital of the Southern Hemisphere. Um, and as it all worked out, it was fine. None of our fears were realised. And we found Johannesburg to be really friendly and exciting. However, um, that might have had something to do with the fact that we were given a 6pm curfew in the hotel we were staying at in downtown Joburg. And um, one of the days that we were there, we had a minibus tour um, around. It took us to the Alexandra town township. Uh, we, we were really looking at the inequality that was existing right after the apartheid regime ended. The Alexandra township contrasted massively with some of the majority white residential areas that we drove around. Uh, we saw things like uh, BMWs locked away in cages and signs on the walls of homes promising an armed response to any trespasses. So Johannesburg has got a population of around 10 million people, but it's also got a really very unequal distribution of wealth. Um, even, you know, given the fact that we are um, 25 years after the end of apartheid. So some of the divisions I saw in the 1990s do still still seem to exist. Um, living conditions in the city uh, will vary between from first world type of standards to third world standards. But a quick look on a travel website, safearound.com, um, tells me that Johannesburg is still ranked 128 out of 162 of the world's most dangerous cities. Um, but it does tend to vary based on, on different locations. So, um, what, can I, what can I tell you? Well, I can tell you that... Um, South Africa's murder rate in 2019 was 33.9 per 100,000 of the population. Uh, just to put that into a bit of context, in the UK, uh, the figure is 1.2 per 100,000 of the population. So the UK is very moderate in comparison to South Africa. Um, in the US, the murder rate was 5.35 per 100,000. So this podcast is really about the geography of murder, which sounds like a pretty weird topic for a geography podcast. But as I've mentioned before, uh, you can study anything through a geographical uh, lens. So homicides are no exception. Ooh, that's quite interesting. All right. So in 2019, the United Nations published a global study on homicide. And the press release that was put out in July of 2019 to support that study stated that in 2017, 
some 464,000 people across the world were killed as a result of homicides. Now, now this was uh, actually larger than the number killed in armed conflict, uh, which totaled about 89,000. So the press release then went on to say that the study shows the overall number of people who suffered a violent death as a result of homicide increased in the past quarter of a century from around 395,000 in 1992 uh, to the current figure of 464,000. Um, it also stated that because the global population had risen faster than the increase in recorded homicide victims, the overall risk of being murdered has actually declined steadily. So there's some good news. Um, the global homicide rate which is measured in terms of homicides per 100,000 people, has actually declined overall from 7.2 in 1992 to 6.1 in 2017. So it's not all bad news, but clearly if we're thinking geographically, there are certain places that have pretty high murder rates relative to other places. So that's what we'll take a look at. Um, one thing that the report does show is that 10 countries with the highest murder rate, and interestingly, most of these countries were located in Latin America and the Caribbean. So we've got places such as El Salvador, uh, Jamaica, Belize, South Africa, Brazil and Guatemala. These all have quite high rates. Um, and not surprisingly, two issues tended to increase the rate. Um, these were countries that have got high rates of firearm ownership and also countries with substantial levels of organised crime. And there are quite a lot of um, contributing factors to having a high rate of homicides. And those, this is what the report says, uh, goes on to include um, issues such as inequality, unemployment, drugs, gender stereotyping and political instability. So looking at all of this, a quick search on the internet tells me that the Mexican city of Los Cabos is the most dangerous in the world according to its murder rate and its murder rate homicide rate stands at 111.33 per 100,000 people so if you don't know Los, Los Cabos is it's a resort location uh, on the southern tip of Baja California and um, over the last few years it's been hit um, it hit the news, really, for this, this reason. The majority of murders in Los Cabos have been linked to the, the drugs trade rather than um, tourism. So ranking the, the world's 50 most dangerous cities in terms of their homicide rates almost always also makes them quite interesting uh, reading. Cities included in the list range from quite a few in Latin America, such as Caracas, in Venezuela and Acapulco in Mexico, but several Brazilian cities come on the list as well, such as Fortaleza and Belém. Um, in the USA, cities such as um, St. Louis and Baltimore come highest on the list with murder rates um, of 65 and 55 uh, respectively. And there are other cities also on the list in, in the US, such as New Orleans and Detroit. 
Um, so, you know, you might want to think again about visiting certain places. Clearly not everywhere in those cities is going to be dangerous, but, you know, we are looking at statistics that are averaged out. Um, relatively speaking, these places are more dangerous at a higher rate of homicides than in other locations. If we turn our attention to those places with lower the lowest levels of murder, then we're looking at countries such as Japan and Singapore. Um, both of those two have a homicide rate of 0 0.2 per 100,000. So really they are completely the other end of the scale. Very, very safe in, in terms of uh, homicides. Luxembourg is at 0 0.3. Norway, Norway and Switzerland at 0 0.5. And China also comes in very low at 0 0.6. So what we're looking at here is a huge variance between homicide across the world. And it really, it is the Americas that have the highest recorded numbers. So, but I suppose with all of that, we've got to say that the, the homicide levels are often clustered. Ninja. 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 So I suppose what we can read from that is really that even in some of these places with, with quite high rates of murders, um, not everybody is going to be at risk. So you're going to get some areas within those cities that have only maybe a negligible risk. Other, other locations within those cities are going to be at far higher rates of Homicide. So with, when we're looking at any data like this, we do have to be a little bit cautious and not think it, it's just a blanket coverage over the, the whole area. There are definitely going to be uh, pockets which have higher uh, figures, higher rates. Um, one other statistic from this report that really did catch my attention was that globally around 81% of homicide victims were men and boys. Um, and more than 90% of suspects in homicide cases were men. So there's a definite gender um, divide there. Uh, not sure what we what we make of that or whether we think that is is um, is that to be expected or not. But that's that's certainly one of the findings. So okay, well we're, this is pretty heavy stuff we're talking about here: murders and how it differs, how they differ across the planet. The UN report that I've been talking about finishes with some conclusions about what they call the drivers of homicide. Um, one of the things that comes up very high on the list to, to, to try and avoid the uh, number of murders being high is good governance. In other words, you know, how well managed is that country? Does it have effective rule of law? Does it have... Uh, a rapid response from emergency services um, and, and so on. Good governance would also tackle, uh, would also include, um, you know, how we might tackle corruption and what's, what level of investment is there in some of the socio-economic aspects of that country, such as education, which is, again, it's seen as fundamental to reducing that homicide rate. 
And it's interesting to look at this and think geographers are uh, they're definitely getting into studying the geography of crime. And this is really very much social geography. It's the, the crossover really between geography and sociology, uh, but mapping it out. So looking at uh, um, certain resources, um, University of Cambridge has been doing research, uh, the geography of crime and disorder, offences, offenders and victimisation. So looking not just at, at homicides, but at a much wider uh, geographical approach to crime. In the UK, the Royal Geographical Society um, has has been producing some, some teaching resources um, which are which includes sort of G, GIS mapping of the geography of crime, and even the BBC um, has uh, website pages for um, students, high school students, looking at the geography of crime. So there's quite a lot of stuff out there for us uh, geographers to to get into. Uh, on these issues. So the final point I wanted to make is that I, I've just returned to the UK after a, a family uh, holiday in Toronto, um, my favourite Canadian city. And I've been there many times over the last few years because I have family and friends um, there. And um, I've always enjoyed my visits and I've always thought of Toronto as an extremely safe city. Um, back in 2017, um, the Economist Intelligence Unit released a, a, a Safe Cities Index, and that showed Toronto as the fourth safest out of 60 listed cities. So I thought, well, that's great. Definitely a good place to go to. Um, certainly for, for many, many years, seen as North America's safest safest city. But has this been changing uh, more recently? So um, when I was there, I remember my, my, my parents-in-law commenting on, you know, another shooting in the city. And um, some research, I was looking at um, a blog, Blog T.O. Uh, this is a blog about Toronto. And um, University of Toronto Associate Professor of Criminology, Scott Wortley, uh, who is an expert in crime statistics, had stated that uh, Toronto's time rate, uh, crime rate, this is back in June 2018, was 1.67 per 100,000 people. And um, f from this was, was the, the headline that Toronto's murder rate was currently higher than that of New York City. So if you're using that that bit of data, 1.67 per 100,000 people, well, Toronto's estimated population is uh, 2.93 million. If you compare that to New York City uh, with an estimated population of 8.62 million, um, New York's homicide rate uh, would be at 1.51 per 100,000 of population. So just based on that raw, those raw data, um, Toronto's homicide rate is slightly higher than New York City, or it was back in, in 2018. Um, so that's quite an interesting one, although, you know, there are other places uh, which were said to have a higher uh, murder rate. However... It is also worth thinking, this is pointed out in the blog, 
that um, in New York the overall crime rate has been been going down in recent years. Now, this whole story was also uh, reported on in Huff Post back in November 2018, um, which suggested that Toronto now had the highest homicide rate of all of Canada's cities, and Toronto is the largest uh, city in the country. Um, and at the end of 2018, uh, it was said to be 3.3 per 100,000 people. So um, definitely increased. And it said that, you know, usually Toronto has been below the national average um, and it's gone up. So this came from another um, academic at University of Toronto, Ju Yong Lee, a sociology professor. But you know what? I felt 100% safe every time I've been to Toronto, which is probably about 10 times over the last uh, 18 or 19 years. And I'm looking forward to my next visit. So, you know, around the planet, places have got different rates of murders. We've thought a little bit about what might be the causes of some of those, the underlying causes and so on. Um, statistics give us one one aspect, don't they? One picture of it. Um, but clearly within nations, within cities, there are wide discrepancies so you know we've, we've got to we've got to take it with a with a pinch of salt um in how we interpret some of these statistics ge geographically however i you know i do hope that thinking about um this theme of the geography of murder has really made us think that geography we can apply it to virtually anything that we can um <clears throat> interpret spatially so anyway here we go this is geography ninja signing out and take care wherever you are